How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter, score! some swagger. Push come to shove, we're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, welcome to the Thanks Bud mini podcast for post-games of the playoffs. Tonight, round two, game two of Kings versus the Ducks. Kings win 3-1 in one of the most bizarre ways I've seen for the Kings. I don't know. This It started out with a great pace, and then it just kind of felt weird. That's really the only way to describe it. It just didn't look right. <laughs> I mean... Like, on, on either side, too. It's not just the, the Kings that were playing kind of unlike themselves, but it was the Ducks as well. Yeah, well, the Ducks unlike themselves in that they had great possession numbers. <laughs> yeah. Which they don't usually have, except for, to their credit, this season probably evidenced by the number of games that they won during the regular season where they were down and then came back, that they have great possession when trailing. But they didn't even need the, like, they were trailing for the majority of this game. They were tied for a little bit, but then the Kings, of course, went ahead 2-1 for most of the game, and the Ducks dominated in possession. The Kings could not generate a whole lot of offense and didn't really seem to matter because Jonathan Quick was on his game for the most part of it. And then when he had a couple of weird rebounds, uh, like, for instance, probably the best thing that Jeff Schultz, who was had his first game in the lineup, the best thing he did all night was, like, save Quick on that one terrible rebound uh yeah so it was just like a weird just weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah we were not very sure about jeff schultz coming into this game because we knew literally nothing about him we constantly forgot that he existed just like the other day we remembered that colin frazier was playing um i mean i know he's recalled but uh still uh but it was good to see that he was pretty solid on the blue line and that um assistance with Quickie's rebound was definitely a point in his favor. Yeah, he came. I think the issue with Jeff Schultz is his, he looks a little slow, (laughs) is the thing. And I mean, he's not known for being a fast defenseman or anything, but especially when the, um, when Boudreaux seemed to be trying really hard to get Getzlaff's line out there against Schultz, he, like him and he was paired with Voinov, I believe, for the most part, they took a lot of shot attempts against. So it wasn't like he was an outstanding defenseman, but as was the case with that one rebound that he saved, when he needed to come up big, he was there. And also he wasn't, he wasn't really any worse than like Mitchell on a bad day or like Regeer or anything. So okay from Jeff Schultz, I guess. Overall, the Kings pulled it out. So way not to make everything explode. Well, I'm especially pleased with it just because it seemed like everyone was gunning for Drew Doughty's head during pretty much the entirety of the game. Everyone was just throwing him into the boards. There was the Beauchemin slash the back of the knee that sent Doughty off for a terrifying two minutes for the, uh, all of us, I suppose. Um, but he immediately came back. So, uh, it was... I I guess not a big deal, but we'll see, you know, if there's any lasting sort of problems with that. Uh, Yeah, and like the weird kneeing thing that he had from someone. I do not recall who. Yeah, they basically tried to murder Drew Dowdy. It's Bolesky because uh, someone, 
I have no idea who anymore, um, made a burlesque knee joke, and I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, everyone just trying to get rid of Dowdy. It was, they were definitely targeting him. And that moment, it was, um, both horrible, but also entertaining on Twitter because it, like, Twitter exploded as soon as Dowdy left, um, the ice and went into the locker room to fix whatever he thought he had to fix or, you know, get over whatever he was getting over. Everybody was like, well, that's it. (laughs) Good Vikings. Um, kind of jokingly, but also, like, genuinely panicked, like, Drew Doughty is very obviously, and it's well known, he's the Kings' best defenseman, and the Kings have lost enough guys, so losing him would be a real problem. Still, even though they couldn't generate a lot of offense, I think the defense did a really good job of keeping things clean in the Kings' zone. One of the writers for the NHL, Corey um, Zizak, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, whatever. Anyway, he sent out a tweet that said, I know the possession stats are going to look loopy tonight, but the Kings have never not looked in control of this game. And I definitely agree with that. Um, Nick from Jewels from the Crown had a lot of great reasoning for that that I agreed with as well, which is that in their own zone, the Kings were really good at taking away lanes for the Ducks, so that even though they were able to get shots off, like clearly the Kings were outshot this entire game, But a lot of them, with the exception of, like, on the power play, the numbers are a lot higher for both teams. But at even strength, through, you know, the 60 minutes of playing, Kings limited the Ducks to eight even strength shot attempts. Five shot attempts at even strength, which is crazy. That's awesome for a game where it seemed like they were basically having to defend for most of the time. So, and I think that's added to the weirdness of it, where it's like, oh, well, yeah, the Ducks are getting more shots, but also the Kings don't look like they're sort of scrambling too much, so I don't know. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I never really felt, I'm getting real optimistic and cocky here, it's awful, but um, I never felt too worried about the Kings' chances to kind of hold them off just because they had been fairly strong positionally, or at least being able to round up uh, rebounds or send them where they sh- or send the puck like out of the zone. Man, they pulled, they killed a power play that made me extremely happy just because they were able to throw it out of their zone like three times, <laughs> which is sometimes it feels like it's unheard of. But yeah, they definitely did a great job of limiting the Ducks' chances uh, of getting, like, quality shots. So even though the Ducks had possession, I mean, it was in name only, I suppose. There wasn't really anything that they could do with it. Right, yeah. I think people accuse the Kings of playing really boring hockey all the time, and I assume a lot of that comes from the fact that they have such a defensive reputation, and for a long time... This season in particular, they were playing, and and last season, they were playing a lot of dump and chase hockey, which they moved away from after the Olympic break. They started entering the zone, the offensive zone with possession, and it's interesting thinking about that because I actually think tonight's game is a little more representative of what a like defensive game is, where it's like, no, they don't have a lot of chances themselves, but they're really focused on playing really well in their own zone so that the other team can't do a whole lot either, um, which worked out in their favor. They won. They were able to get two goals, which had them ahead for most of the game, starting with, of course, Marion Gabrick's awesome goal 34 seconds in from Andre Kobitar because of course I like kind of forgot that the goal had happened um because it happened because so it early. just happened so so early in the uh 
Uh, yeah, in the period, I was going to say the season, uh, in the period at, but I mean, it was beautiful. I, I, can, I cannot get enough of that line right now. Yeah. Cannot get enough of Marion Gabrick so much so that I want to, I think, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, I might have just said it to you, that I want to chain Gabrick to Andre Kopitar and then chain the both of them to the Skate <laughs> right, Center. Yeah. Sorry that they don't have to leave. be married now. I know Kopitar is already married, but there has to be a joiner, and his name is Marion Gabrick because they need to be together forever. Because someone said it, and it's so very true, and I definitely want to see this. If in these playoffs and in these last games where Marion Gabrick and Andre Kopitar have been kind of gelling very well and playing on a line together for how many games have they played together now? Not a whole lot, but think about them in a full season. Andre Kopitar was 16th in the league in scoring this season. So imagine how much crazier that could be with Gabrick playing with him and if they continue to have this much chemistry. So I'm looking forward to that. They need to really find a way to bring Marion Gabrick back. Um, I really enjoyed all of the shots of uh, Dean Lombardi that they, for whatever reason, showed throughout the broadcast just because he was always looking concerned. <laughs> and there's a, a very like representative thing. I didn't gif it or anything. I just was watching it of just, it was a still shot of him and Ranford and Dean Lombardi just like tapping his pen rhythmically on the table while like watching concern. And for whatever reason, that was just highly amusing to me. But I'm hoping he's just like, okay, yes, so this is what I have to do to keep Gabrick here forever. And right, it's just like right. running through the names and the numbers and who he has to call and whatever. When he brought, you know, when that trade happened, Lombardi was already talking about like one of the big reasons why he went ahead with it was because Gabrick expressed interest in staying. So I hope they do find a way when it comes to the money portion of it to really make it work. Um, the second goal from the Kings was from Alec Martinez, who continues to just be so lovely. What a cutie. Amazing. I loved everything about it. Alec Martinez is great. He can get it. Definitely for sure. I loved everyone missing the joke about Cinco de Mayo just because they needed to point out the fact that he's actually of Spanish descent. Yeah, we know, but it's funny. <laughs> I Yeah, it's it's weird because I, I understand. Just roll with it. I understand why people would want to point that out, but I feel like the thing about it is that Martinez himself has joked about it because, of course, people make that assumption about him all the time because of his last name. So, yeah, we know. <laughs> we know. It's cool. We're, we're all in on this. You don't have to really correct us. As someone who is, me personally, very much a, like, push your glasses up your nose and, like, well, actually, I was reading that. Like, sometimes I can be like that. Like, everyone can calm down. <laughs> in addition to, I suppose, the weirdness of the game, uh, you could st start to see kind of, like, the rivalry building up just a little bit more. Oh, for sure. Um, it hasn't gone into, like, full-on blows with anyone, but... You know, snow showers and, you know, like we said, that Dowdy was getting kind of targeted there. And uh, they showed a great video of Corey Perry just pouring water into Jeff Carter's glove. Right. Because that is 100% Corey Perry typical, uh, which I think is hilarious, actually. And many people pointed out that, you know, they're Canada buddies. I think they're actual buddies and that they live near each other in the off season or they're from the same place. Um, and Jeff Carter obviously didn't seem to mind because he flashed his uh, toothless grin. Uh, so I just thought it was pretty funny. But then 
uh, later, Jonathan Quick is... If Jonathan Quick gets a chance to just, like, do something absolutely ridiculous for everyone to gif, he's going to do it. And this time it was to punch Corey Perry in the stomach, in the balls? I don't know. Yeah, although I thought that one was totally earned because of the fact that Corey Perry skates in and instead of trying to stop, he sort of pretends to stop and then falls skate first into Jonathan Quick. So I'm like, cool, if you're going to, you know, put your skate blades all up in my face, uh, I'm going to punch you in the junk. And I was like, I, I, fair trade-off, I think, personally. I find Corey Perry super annoying. I would love to find him funny for it, but he gets on my nerves. He's, like, the point is that he's trying to be pesty, and it's super effective for a lot of the time, but he is irritating. He is very good at his job, both in, I, not the, so much this season, but in the hockey playing and in the pesting. He is very good at doing what he does. Yeah, I mean, and it's weird. Maybe it's because I watch a team that plays the Ducks a lot, so I have less tolerance for Corey Perry. Because I'm like, on the flip side, when I watch like Bruins games and Brad Marchand like does something stupid and pesty, but also scores goals, I'm like, that's hilarious. You are a wretch. That's super funny. But with Corey Perry, I'm like, I don't have time for you. Could you not, please? (laughs) I think I just find everyone amusing because I surprising i mean i don't know if it's surprising or not i guess my orange county roots are showing uh, i don't really have a problem with cory perry unless he does something really horrible but just like little things like this i'm i'm cool with him i just find him so needless but uh enough about cory perry <laughs> unless it's cory perry origin stories we can <laughs> right? talk about that forever yeah oh uh going back to the start because of course the first few minutes of the game the kings looked pretty strong like they, they had a really fast start and that worked out in their favor. They got the goal, which was ended up being really important for the rest of the game. After that Gabbert goal, like, Toffoli and Pearson came together for two great chances on the same play. Like, Pearson had sort of a breakaway moment, and then uh, Hiller saved that. But then right after him, Toffoli took a shot on the rebound. That was also an awesome opportunity. And neither one went in, but it it was interesting to see the Kings have that kind of really effective start and then for the game to change identity completely. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely looked like the stronger team and I was very pleased with what was going on. And then for whatever reason, it got I don't I don't know if slow, slow or sloppy was kind of what it what happened during the second uh the Kings definitely took a couple of dumb penalties. There were a lot of turnovers at one point that I think helped change the rhythm of it. Yeah, that's true. Um, a lot of play in the neutral ice of just them batting things back and forth because they couldn't really seem to get it together for any extended period of, periods of time, uh, especially in the second. But I don't know. It was a, It was a strange game for sure. But I think the reason, despite all of that, that I still feel really optimistic about the Kings is that in the past, or like, and by in the past, I mean, like, a few weeks ago during the regular season, like, if the Kings had a lead like that, very late, it would have been inevitable that the Ducks would score again, and then probably score again 30 seconds before the game ended. Uh, But now it seems like the luck so far is on the Kings side, you know, since the shift in that San Jose series, all of a sudden the Kings find a way to get it done all the time. Because the whole time I was thinking, they're up 2-1, 
this game will probably end 3-1. And I mean, like, the Kings will get an empty netter. And then, of course, here comes Dwight King <laughs> with his empty netter to widen the lead. And then the Kings do win the game. Dwight King face showing up in the playoffs. I was not as optimistic as you thinking that they would get the empty net, but I did think that it would stay 2-1, uh, even when they started pulling the goalie at the end of the third or when they had a lot of pressure. Uh, for whatever reason, I was feeling real good about it, and it didn't seem like the Kings were going to let one in. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I can, I just like forget that they weren't playing at home. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's really, really cool that they stole two games uh, at the, at the, uh, Honda Center. But, like, not to rain on the parade because I still am extremely optimistic. I cannot forget how the Kings got here. And the Kings got here f- by pulling a reverse sweep on the Sharks. Yeah. So, feeling real good about the team. Like, I'm feeling very confident that they can do it and that they, you know, will do it, but you know, I'm not going to go all crazy about it yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to start like spelling out guarantees for people necessarily, but I do feel good. I wasn't really worried at any point during this game. I it'll be very interesting to see how they play when they get back to Staples Center because not to I know I, I was just like I'm not going to spell out any guarantees. So I will say if they get to the Western Conference final, I don't think they can continue to have games like this where they let themselves get off of their possession game against a team like Chicago, who doesn't seem to be having that same problem. Because yes, the Kings are getting the bounces, but I think they can't just rely on luck. Obviously, they need to find a way to have pressure and also continue to get those bounces and score goals. And then I think this, a matchup between the Kings and the Blackhawks this year could be a lot more competitive than it ended up being last year. How dare you dismiss the Wild? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be another matchup between the Kings and the and the Blackhawks if the Kings go on. And I definitely agree. Uh, there's been a lot of lucky chances and a lot of like, well, that was fortunate that, you know, this happened or that happened. Um and some of the games were kind of too close. And and not so much about the Kings' dominance, I suppose, in possession. And that's kind of their that's their strong point. That's what got them to the playoffs, is that they dominated in possession throughout the regular season. And if they stray too far away from, you know, the type of team that they are and the, the way that they got here, um, that does not bode well for um, forever completely strong uh, Blackhawks team. And I think um, the Blackhawks are not as unstoppable as they were last season, but they're still really, really good and the kind of team that does get the bounces that they need and whatnot. So if you're going to compete with them, you have to make sure you are matching them at the very least in every way. And I think the Kings can, they just haven't so far in the series and they didn't for huge portions of that Sharks series. So pull it together. (laughs) because I would like to see you have a shot at actually making the Stanley Stanley Cup final and finally getting over the challenge that Chicago has been for them for the last couple of seasons. I have a lot of words about the Kings and the Sharks, or the Kings and the Hawks, but I will save that for later. Um, If fingers crossed, the the Kings meet the Hawks. But uh, yeah, definitely. uh, Much like the Blues are always talking about how they need to show dominance against the Kings in the postseason just because the Kings have been their downfall for um, 
notably um, and very prominently been their downfall for uh, the last couple of seasons. The Kings kind of have the same deal with the Blackhawks, both and unfortunately both in playoff games and in the regular season. I think the regular season thing more so, obviously, um, but I, I think it'll definitely become a real thing in my mind if, depending on how a potential series between them this postseason goes, because the regular season thing, like kind of whatever, because of Blackhawks, nobody was really winning against them last season. So I put a little more, I put a little less stock in that. But this season, for instance, they didn't beat them at all during the regular season. So yeah, depending on how the uh, potential Western Conference final between those teams could go again, then it might be like frustrating. But I, let's, let's dial it back just a second right now. We're looking a little too far ahead. Um, but those same ideas can still be used for the series. The Kings need to get their possession game, you know, back together. It does not help that people keep going in and out of the lineup in terms of defensemen, but hopefully this is all working out um, and Jeff Schultz will get better. I don't know. He did well. He did fine. But he can always do a little bit better, get kind of in the groove of the King system. And hopefully the Kings... I Okay, I guess I can now commit it to audio I kind of don't want to but after our last podcast we stopped recording and I straight up told Janelle I was just like I think the Kings can sweep this (laughs) you said that's so low (laughs) I I just said that and I uh, but I mean the, the Ducks may very well steal a game or two from the Kings but I do believe that the Kings can do it and if they find the rhythm of their usual type of game even more so i'll have even more confidence it's scary i'm saying these words out loud and i hate it but that's why i'm super interested and obviously it's coming very soon but to see how they play at staples center because i think if the kings do win game three i absolutely want them to sweep the ducks so i think if the ducks are going to steal any game i almost hope it's the next one (laughs) because what i don't want is to then have the Kings be in the situation that the Sharks were in, because I want to avoid every possible reference to that. Unless, of course, they do actually manage to complete the sweep. Uh, one thing I feel like we have kind of downplayed a little bit, um, and I don't want to, is how good Jonathan Quick was tonight. Like, the Kings, like, yes, they were playing off their game and playing pretty well defensively, but they still needed Jonathan Quick to make some saves. And this is a guy who has been up and down the last couple seasons, particularly in the regular season, as we've mentioned, and, of course, to start the postseason. But he is somebody that the Kings clearly still feel very confident in and played tonight, like the kind of guy it's like, well, all right, yeah, yeah, Dowdy can have a terrible turnover in the Kings zone because... Jonathan Quick will bail him out. <laughs> um, and that's really good to see, too. And that concludes everyone's weekly Chanel Loves Jonathan Quick <laughs> but I mean, segment of our podcast. But no, but he's re- he's been really, he's been excellent. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't, I try, I do adore Jonathan Quick, obviously. I'm very straight up about that. But I do also try to be honest, like, when he's bad. Like, I never said at any point during the start of the Shark season that he was amazing, because he wasn't. However, like through the last five games since he shut out San Jose, he's let in five goals on 168 shots, which is good for a 970 save percentage. That's great for a dude who in his first game was an 821 in the postseason. Um, and now cumulatively, it's he's jumped up his save percentage is 924. So 
great upward trend, and I think for a game that could have gotten away from the Kings, if he was still shaky in net, could have totally allowed a couple of fluky goals to the Ducks, or even a couple of great goals on some of the stops that he made on Devontae Smith-Pelly, but he didn't, and so now the Kings have an opportunity to you know, have two great games at home, hopefully, and then everybody can <laughs> shine. We got a lot of high hopes for the Kings in the next couple of games. Yeah. Also, to say something nice about the Ducks, because um, I genuinely feel this, even as much as I dislike some of their players, I really like watching Devontae Smith-Pelly, actually, and I have since we saw the rookie games um, before the season started. I That dude is pretty good, I think, so far. Um, and it's almost a pain that he's on the Ducks, because I'm like, man, I'm excited about how you play. Why are you on this team that I don't like? Yeah, and they kind of talked about Devontae Smith-Pelly and the fact that they kind of, or I mean, the Ducks organization kind of misjudged his talent. Mm. Um, and since he's been in, he's been doing extremely well with the Ducks. Like, he stayed down longer than he probably should have. Kind of their Alec Martinez version, in that Alec was scratched for so much of the season for what reason i don't know so um but i'm glad that jonathan quick seems to have uh figured out how to stop that guy and i hope he continues because he seems like he could be trouble (laughs) for uh, in favor of the ducks so uh let's keep shutting him down yeah because i still remember just the fact that it was his dumb shootout goal that lost the kings the game yeah the last game of the Uh. season so i mean he's great but also you're garbage (laughs) I don't like you. Right. So, yeah. So, keep shutting him down. Also, regain your possession mojo, Kings. Win game three. Win game four. And uh, close this out real real quick. Get some rest. And then I'm hoping that the Wild can steal a game <laughs> and, you know, tire the Blackhawks out a little bit. Yeah. Like, the, the fourth game is on Saturday, and that's Mother's Day. So, do it for your moms. <laughs> do it for the moms. <laughs> do it for all the moms out there. Now I'm just imagining, like, Mother Lover playing in Staples Center (laughs) (laughs) as they win. If that happens, if they, like, get a lead and it seems pretty nice, uh, please let them play that during, like, an extended break. (laughs) I I think it should happen. All right, guys, I think that's pretty much all we have. Is there anything else that you wanted to say before we go? Uh, nope, just that I am, regardless of the weird games, I am very excited. I'm glad this rivalry is starting up. I'm glad the Kings won two games. Uh, go Kings, go. I'm very excited. Sweep the Ducks, sure. Yeah, I mean, even if the Kings are playing weird sometimes, the fans have been excellent. Like, Kings fans are representing in uh, the Honda Center so far, and that's amazing. Yeah, I saw a video of just, like, on the concourse, Kings fans yelling, go Kings, go. Uh, which is awesome, but also I'm like, that's that's dangerous, yeah. don't do that. For, <laughs> for me, golden moment, um, not that I'm like super for goalie chance, I don't really care either oh, way, actually, yeah. but the fact that there were enough Kings fans in the Honda Center to start chanting Hiller after he was scored on, that's fantastic. Way to go. <laughs> way to represent. The Hiller chant and the the fact that you could hear, audibly hear, um, a, like a cheer after the empty net goal. Yeah was great for me. So keep it up, Kings fans. You're great. We will, of course, be back to talk to you after game three. Hopefully the Kings get another win. Until then, take care of yourselves, as usual, and uh, we will talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye.